Hello, Logic friends. This episode of the Logic Podcast is brought to you by Cinesis.io. These guys have been my reseller for over 15 years, and we could not do what we do without them. They're fantastic partners, no matter what size your business. To find out more about their remote workflow solutions, check them out at Cinesis.io. If you haven't signed up for the forum yet, do it now at forum.logic.tv. It is the number one place for flame artists. We have nearly a thousand users, lightning fast response times, and over 120,000 page views per month. Plus, you'll get access to the Logic Discord server for real-time audio and video chat. Sign up for free at forum.logic.tv. Hey, dude. What's going on? How's it going? It's going really good. It's cold here. It's, it's 7, I think. It's uh, 12 here. Yeah. Oh, it's 25 now here. Oh, it's it's practically balmy. I know, right? Oh, wait, no, that's not here. That's it's, it's 0.25. <laughs> yeah. No, it is that's weird. It was 8 earlier. So I guess we're I guess we're in a heat wave right now. Global warming. Yeah. I remember yes. several years ago we were at like a negative 20 for a while and when it was like 22 i was like oh heat wave like i didn't have to like i you know i was like wearing a lighter coat and stuff like that and it's still freezing but it was so much better than the negative 20 so i was on a zoom last week with someone who was in minnesota was in like minneapolis she said it was negative 25 where she was i then quickly fired up the google and looked and it was only negative 14 on mars, mars. yeah that's what you said on the <laughs> logic line oh right 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 it's in the logic <laughs> that's what i do when i have a piece of a show that works i kind of just like ring every last like giggle out of it because small victories you know small what i mean Small victories yeah <laughs> i wanted to ask you the important questions of the moment okay now that now that you have attained uh like logic celebrity yeah, you know, because really everybody weird. loved, loved, <laughs> loved, loved your appearance on Logic Live last week. Just to get this out of the way, um, so it won't be awkward anymore. Are you horizontal reels or vertical reels? I don't use reels. Oh my god, that's the best answer ever. Okay, fine. Smoke hotkeys or flame hotkeys? Flame hotkeys. Oh, what, uh, so do you work out of the library, or are you like one of those like old school smoke guys that uses like the freeform desktop? No, I'm library and timeline with the player. I've started to use reels and when i do the horizontal but they're not like my go-to and like i have to consciously think oh hey i should probably use reels because they're pretty darn handy like when i (laughs) (laughs) so they're they're really cool for like when you gotta add like when you know everything starts at one or if you're if i'm doing it for the the brits at 10 and i know everything starts at 10 or one, and I can get my slate, and I can get like a pre-made slate thing, and I can just start adding it to the front on the reels. That was really cool when I figured out how to do that. The reels and like the desktop thing, it's funny. It's like if your whole life, career, whatever, was in and around flame, if that's how you got into working in post-production or whatever, then that's all you knew. And of course, this is the most normal and wonderful like workflow concept since like pen and paper, it's the most alien and bizarre thing. You know, when I look at all the other apps that I use, right, whether it's like the Adobe Suite or Resolve or Final Cut, anything, 
there's nothing like a desktop with reels. You know, everything's right. just in your library. It's just in your bins. It's just in your project folder or whatever. No, it's really handy. Like, it's really handy. And, like, I could see the sometimes when I used the desktop tools, like, it's really cool because, like, I had this stabilization process where I was doing the desktop and you could, like, just work your way down because it was, like, a multi-step. But I don't have to use the desktop anymore because I just do it all in batch. So I am I am batch over batch effects, though, just because I unfortunately have gotten burned by batch mm-hmm. effects, too. So It happens. Yeah, I mean... It hap- batch happens it, less frequently, but it happens. It does. Batch effects is really... Like, I want it to be so good, but it wasn't even burned like it was, like, the end of the world. It was just, like, I could tell that this is slowing down my project. And when I promoted it to a batch, all of a sudden, my my project just sped right up. So when you were 10 years old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Sort of something like this. So my dad kind of always did video and audio. And then he had gotten a reel-to-reel two Super VHSs and made a little studio in the basement. And he did it for his school because he was a math school teacher. And he ran the AV club. And then I would sit in the basement and watch my brother-in-law because he would make money editing weddings. And I'd watch him just edit reel-to-reel. Cause, but I wouldn't like intrude on him. It was really funny because the basement office had these uh, window sills that my up high that my dad had never actually put windows in. He was going to, but he never did. So I'd lay down on the windowsill like a cat and just sit there and watch my brother-in-law edit like, I don't know, long time. And so, yeah, I always knew something in this field is what I was going to do. And I only went to college because it, well rounds you i actually didn't have to but it was a good thing that i did go but yeah because i love the tech and then i love the creativity of it but it wasn't until i landed my job in tennessee working on the avid ds is to where i finally found out you know more though i like the color correction and i like the finishing aspect because i've been i start off as an editor then i did motion graphics and then did editing motion graphics where I was basically a one-roomer for making commercials. We did 300 commercials a year. They were, they were like an add-on because it was just a sh- these shows that instead of getting money from Spike TV, they got commercial airtime. So the commercials I made was kind of like an all-inclusive package kind of deal. And then from there on out, like uh, I had to change the color of a hammer that they no longer supported or it was a drill. I had to change it from blue to yellow because that was the color that they supported. And then that was my first time really rotoing and changing something. I was like, yep. And then I started learning smoke and started watching all the um, uh, Autodesk NAB presentations. So I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. And just kind of worked it from there. Do you have a favorite of all those disciplines? You mentioned editing, color correcting, motion graphics. I also saw on your website, videography, cinematography. It was kind of like a progression, right? I first started off in videography uh, and uh, photography and was a PA and, you know, doing stuff like that. And then from that, I went into editing. And from editing, 
I realized that I did motion graphics. I like graphics. And then I had the, the stuff that I did had to get color corrected on, you know, a national television. So then I did a color correction and then I kind of wound up finishing. And my two main chunks that I love now are motion graphics and um, finishing. So uh, with color correction kind of coming up there. So that's like my, you know, Hollywood, they always say like you're a triple threat. You can sing, dance, and what is it, act? Oh, yeah, act. No. <laughs> and, that's it. Sing, dance, and act. Sing, dance, and color correct. Yeah. And uh, right. So I can do graphics, motion graphics, um, uh, finish, and color correction. But my color correction is definitely the weaker leg. Uh, it's it's strong, you know, comparatively, but you know how we always judge ourselves really harshly compared to other people. So no, not <laughs> not us. <laughs> no, and it's really funny too because I'll be pigeonholed to like this one company. They love me have graphics, and they only hire me for graphics. And then this other company only hires me for you know nether to the mix between because it's like, hey, I do graphics too, but no. The, like it's like I'm hard coded in their system as one or the other. <laughs> That's always a tough thing. Like I feel that uh, as 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 flame artists, because we 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 live in so many different disciplines, I feel like it's so easy to get pigeonholed into like you know one one. You you become a victim of your own success. You start doing a gig for somebody, and maybe it's like it's either screen comps or or whatever green screens whatever, and you like nailed it, you knocked it out of the park, and then that's all they call you for. Right. How do you overcome that? How do you, you know, get out of that pigeonhole situation and, and introduce different skills to, to your clients? Well, currently, like, I was hired at a place where going into them, they knew that I did both, and I was part-time and needed, or not part-time, I was full-time for them, but like, they needed a backup finisher and they needed motion graphics, so I did both uh, for them as I was basically brought under Brent's wing, and he kind of like brought me up to speed in the whole finishing aspect and brought me up as a finisher. And then I was doing motion graphics at the time, but when I moved out to freelancing, it's only been one or the other. Like when a company hires me and they like me for what I've done, you know, if it's motion graphics, then they go, Voop, and that's it. I'm motion graphics for the whole time with them. Or if I worked Flame, I'm like, Flame. And I tell them I can do both, but, like, I think part of the problem of switching between – I love switching between the two, so I'll take jobs when they come. But the I think part of the problem is why they don't want to hire Flame artists as their motion graphics guys because the Flame artists, on average – my rate, I can command a higher rate than I can for the motion graphics. I haven't really had a disparity because I haven't had like to choose between the bookings, like which one do I do or whatnot. But I do mm -hmm. know that when I've told people I do, when I work for Foyman and I tell them, you know, I do motion graphics, they're like, oh, well, we couldn't do your rate for motion graphics because it usually is over a longer time. And I tell them, well, I'm willing to work with you, you know, because mm -hmm. I, I love doing motion graphics and I don't want to see those, that skill set go away. You, you got to go where everything's going. And so I've been doing a lot more flame bookings than I have motion graphics, but I still try to make sure I do motion graphics too. Did you study any kind of uh, design or anything like that at school? I am a Michigan State graduate. Hurrah. Hurrah. <laughs> and I took telecom major. Uh, so it was 
basically with a media fine arts emphasis. So what was nice is I learned all about telecommunication and the technology and how it works. So my own major was its fallback because as you know, it's really hard to break into this industry. And so in case it didn't go well, I could fall back and be in IT or something like that. But I did get media fine arts at, and take the, it's not really film curriculum, it's more of a, a video slash entertainment curriculum there, which they've totally changed everything since I've, uh, since I've been there. And that curriculum doesn't even exist anymore. But yeah, I did take a lot of studies and whatnot. Like I started using my first Media 100 when I was there, and then I used uh, After Effects. And then I used Avid and learned about like online and offline, but we would, they still had reel to reel when I was there. So what it did was it gave you that like key or that door. So it was like, Oh, everyone, Oh, you're college educated. Okay. Well, you're good. But I could have like, it's, I think nowadays because everyone wanted to see my reel anyways, you know, it was just like one of those checklists, you know, it's like, Oh, his reel looks great. Oh, he's got a college degree. Check. You know, I think nowadays, like you could bypass that and do night school or whatnot if you really want to get into what we're doing or do a trade school and pull in, you know, without having to go through the college experience. But I love college. It was my funnest time. So I would hate to begrudge anyone from not getting that. But I also know how expensive it is now because I've got three little ones and I'm looking at like, oh, man, this is going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, I got two in college right now at the same time. So you're, so you're just bleeding I from don't know. both wrists. <laughs> yes, I don't know if if uh, over in, in in the over like the in, the in the podcast universe, if our audience can hear that dripping sound. That's actually the sound of tears, uh, like rolling down my cheek and and hitting the microphone <laughs> as we speak. You're right, though. It's like I I used to work with a guy who uh, had this expression. He was our our creative director. The expression was, "There's never been a better time to be exceptional." Than right now, and there's never been a worse time to be mediocre. Because if you think about it, everybody has access to the tools. You know, um, it sounds like even when you started out, you know, you you either went to school where you went to school, or you got a job where you got a job because you needed access to equipment, right? Whether it was software, hard, whatever that you couldn't afford. Yep. And now you can shoot 4K Dolby Vision on your phone. Yeah. <laughs> I've done. I've shot and used in my commercials stuff that I had to go shoot for my phone and it looked fine. Like, not like it looked passable. Like, you almost couldn't tell the difference. Now, they're just car commercials and their inserts, but still, like, you couldn't tell. And so, yeah, you're, you're totally right. Like, you know, now it's just a matter of trying to learn from the people that have done it, you know, try to get their wisdom you know, any way that you can. So that way you, you can also show off what you're doing. You uh, went to high school, you became an all American gymnast, uh, walked on the moon, then went to university of Michigan. I'm sorry. I went to Michigan state. Sorry. I actually have, I have friends who went to university of Michigan. I almost died at a Michigan football game because, well, anyway, I'll tell that story later, <laughs> but so you, you went to Michigan state and Tell me about in between, like graduating from Michigan State and then starting at Spike TV in Tennessee. I worked at Michigan State and I actually started working in the lab. 
so I was able to have more access to the tools and actually able to, I did something at that time that no one had done. And that was like DVD authoring. Like that was like the new, that was like, what was the new, new was learning how to like, you know, author on a DVD and there's a little bit of code, but it was a little bit of not code, but like you had to do it with Photoshop and, and train it. And it was a lot of work and it was hard, but because of all my, additional things that I'd done at Michigan State, it gave me a leg up where I had made this DVD so that no matter what happens, as long as they pop the DVD in, it actually started autoplaying and you could see my stuff there, <laughs> you know, because that was the biggest thing. It's like, you couldn't even get them to play your darn reel, you know, cause mm-hmm. like, you know, so as long, and I made a really cool cover on it. And then I showed, you know, all the things that I could do. And because I had that skill. This place needed that they had just got a DVD burner and they didn't know how, they knew that they needed it. They had clients requesting it, but they didn't know how to make it happen. And so they brought me in as a summer intern and they paid me, which was really crazy because they didn't like try to like, oh, he knows how to do this. You know, they paid me, but I was still an intern. And I basically was working their DVDs for them and making the DVDs that they can out instead of the VHS tapes. And oh, it was really bad too. Cause like you had, had like a, a 25% failure rate and those things are like 20 bucks a pop sometimes. <laughs> so like it was, they're like, Brooks, you're so expensive. I was like, I'm sorry. It's not my fault. You know, but they super <laughs> upcharged them, you know, for it. But, um, but yeah, and so I learned, I did made the menus and stuff like that, and they were working the DS there. And then mm-hmm. from there, I got, all, I basically started working for them. And then I made a mistake, didn't make a mistake. I had to. My friends were going out west for three months, and I decided to go with them. So we lived out of the van and went rock climbing for three months. And then, of course, when I came back, my job was no longer there. So I would have been on that that <laughs> track of. <laughs> Kids, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, I would have been on that track. But, you know, where I like had known people and, you know, gotten to know people in the industry and moved up from there and been a junior and stuff like that, because I followed on their website, the guy that came in after me and he was a junior and then he moved up and stuff like that. And now I had too much experience to come in at entry level, you know, and whatnot. And I was just like, oh, no, what am I going to do? And so I actually, there was this guy that knew that I worked at the place that I worked at. And he actually knew Amanda because Amanda had gone out west. Pretty sure he knew Amanda. And Amanda had gone out west. And then he was, like, telling me about how good it was. And then, like, he started asking me, like, all these questions. I never met this guy. He's like, do you have a girlfriend? I was like, Mm, no you know he's like asking me all these questions <laughs> and basically he's like well you don't have anything tying you down start casting your net out wide and then once i did that i was able to like all of a sudden like i went from like i'm calling people in the phone book to try to get interviews to now i'm actually like out different places and so this place at tennessee uh that did shows for spike tv was interested in me because of all my Detroit automotive experience because they did how-to car shows. So they're like, I was like, oh, hey, I'm, I have family in Tennessee. I'm there all the time. They're like, oh, hey, no problem. And I was like, and then hung out, and I couldn't get the interview. So I called them up, and I said, hey, 
I'm going to be there next Tuesday to Friday. Can I come see you at any time? And he's like, yeah, sure. I was like, okay, great. And so I hung up the phone. Then I called my dad because I didn't have a car good enough to go to Tennessee. He said, Dad, I need to borrow your car because I'm just going to go down to Tennessee and get this interview that I wanted to. So and he's like, who is this? <laughs> yeah, no. And so, so like, because I just made it happen and drove down there. And the day that I was supposed to have the interview with him, he had forgotten and he had a sick day because his kids were sick. So he wasn't even in. So he got, so he came in again and got me the interview. And like, I was like, I'm ready for the job. And I think he felt bad for me. So he's like, I'm going to give, and I'm going to give this kid a try. So then like I started working on the DS at nights. This, like, I don't know if you've ever, you've worked network speed, but like, it's like you're on all the time as fast as humanly possible. And like, it was different from my little editing, doing little things here and there. Like you're like at a huge speed. So I'm like, I'm catching up the network speed, learning, getting to know the DS better and learning everything. And I'm working 5 PM to like 5 AM, like crazy hours. And the whole time I'm there, I'll come in and I know that someone is leaving because they've interviewed for my position because I'm still freelancing for them. And I was like, okay, well, today I can't mess up. <laughs> and so I was like, everything's <laughs> got to be perfect today. You know, and so finally, like, I got to the point where, like, he was no longer giving me technical issues. He was, like, giving me, like, creative suggestions. I was like, oh, yes, mm -hmm. I'm making it. So, and then they hired me on full-time. And then from that, it was just a march of progression into where I got to today. Just, you know, when, when Flame came out or when Smoke came out, I made sure I bought a Mac so I could do smoke. And then I was the smoke, uh, smoke, um, flare hybrid guy, you know? Mm -hmm. And then I went from, and then when flame came out, I finally, you know, learned it on flame and I always had to like buy my own gear so that I could keep learning it. But I was never using it in real life because I actually didn't start using flame full time until 2017. Wow. So, wow. But dude, Brooks, I just I want to make make sure that I acknowledge that that's an amazing story. And to anybody who's ever asked, or you know, how how do you get into this business? Even like you said before, you know, it's so difficult to get into this business. That's how you do it. It's just determination, and it's 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 like being ready when the opportunity presents itself. And it's just a beautiful story, you know. Yeah, like you not you, taking you nailed no it, for you know? an answer. Yeah, I just didn't take no for yeah, an answer. Yeah, but like not to the extent where you like you know you kidnap the guy's you know family or anything like that and hold him hostage so you get a job. But here it was like like even just the like the subtle little switch of hey uh, I have family in Tennessee and I'm there all the time. If you ever have a job opening or if you want me to come by, buy to like I'm going to be there on Tuesday. Can I come over? Yeah. You know, it's just like you, you kind of set the tone and it worked out. And that's just awesome. It just reminds me, like I had a a, a similar kind of path in that like I, I kept calling a guy. I got a demo of of Avid from someone. I was, part, I, I was taking a film editing class and the teacher took us to the one place in New York that had an Avid. It was post-perfect. And, and I was the only one asking questions because I was the only one who understood like even the concept of like video edit, digital video editing, you know, I was asking how big are the drives and how much can you store on them and what frame rate can you play back? What resolution can you play back? And so then I started calling that editor to say, Hey, do you need an intern or do you have any positions available? And eventually he said, come on over. 
And, you know, I got a job as an engineer because that was the only position available and then just kind of made my way. The networking and the meeting. I mean, people always say networking, networking, you're networking. And I was, I'm always like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 I understand. I understand. But like, really like that's the only reason I made it because of three connections that I made that that allowed me to propel myself into being able to even do the, all the stuff for that logic live that I, uh, that I did is I went down to Chicago and I went to their flame music group scared as a run because like, I didn't know anyone. And that's where I met you the first time. And you gave mm -hmm. that Python demo, which was really cool. And I love the way that you demo. Cause you're like, look guys, I'm no like awesomeness at this, but you don't have to be awesome. You can just pick away at it and everyone can do it. And it like makes me feel like so much better. I was like, cool like which is why i decided to do the logic live because like i'm not like a flame guru or you know like uh, uh, you know logic 43 sean no <laughs> <laughs> um but you know it was just like you know i could just everyone's got their little part that they go through and so i met you and then i met renee and i sort of met randy ish and so then when I went back and Renee and I missed, and then I got let go from the facility, the whole facility closed actually that I was working at. And then I was like, how do you become a flame freelancer? I had no idea. I didn't know anyone. I knew no one. And so I was like, I just went to go because she's in the same state that I am in. And so we went to meet over coffee. Like emotionally? Uh, no, actually Michigan. So, oh, physically. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I went for coffee because all I wanted was to go, hey, how do you be a flame freelancer? Because I had no idea. I had no idea mm -hmm. how to do any of it. And so, like, it's just, you know, we're talking, and she hadn't seen my demo reel. But, like, I was like, oh, hey, I brought my laptop with me. Check out – can you check out my website? And she saw my website, and then it was so funny because – it instantly went from two people just talking to all of a sudden now I'm being interviewed by Renee. <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I was like, okay, all right. So I started answering your questions and she's like, okay, I'm going to send you home with a shot. You do it. You let's see if you can do it. And if you could do it, we'll, we'll take it from there. And so I'm working on this 4k shot on my laptop. It, it's struggling, but I'm figuring out how to get it done and making it happen. And it was like, oh, it was a hard shot too. And I like, had to do tracking and the helicopter was going over and I had to do a whole bunch of removes and, and whatnot. And I finally, like near the end of the day, I was showing her my progress and she's like, well, I'm so glad that you're going there because that's actually a real shot. And I actually needed you to do that for me. So that's great. So then like I started helping her out on the shots that, she had and so that was actually my first gig as freelancing which allowed me to kind of like go what's going on know what's going on and had a solid bunch of work and it made my wife feel better because she, you know she's like get a job get a job get a job and so mm -hmm. i spent most of my time looking for full-time jobs but then because of covid went down i had no choice because no one was hiring full-time and i just got more and more jobs and as you get more and more jobs you kind of like meet more and more people. Yep. The network just grows. Yeah. And so now like, it's just, I, I equate it to the steam engine wheels on a train. 
getting mm -hmm. up to speed. And once that train gets up to speed, then you're going off. Like that's kind of like how, when I made a commercial in the day, you know, it, it looked like you had nothing done by lunch, but then by two 30, all of a sudden you're like, you're almost all the way done. And then you're just finishing it off by the end of, by five 30. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I loved your, your, you know, I loved your logic live presentation. The, the thing that I loved the most about it was you, you made this whole job relatable. You know, you made the, the job of being a flame artist relatable. I think you're, you're hundred percent right in that, you know, maybe just by the virtue of the fact that the, the, those of us who have been doing this longer, uh, are more comfortable with like showing things to, you know, in, in either like in presenting work. But I think your presentation was so identifiable everyone who watches that or who watched that could relate. They could relate to you. They could relate to somebody who just found themselves as a, as a, a new freelancer and then found themselves in what in Latin we call a shit show of like a job, you know, yeah. and overcoming all those challenges. And then the firsts, you know, like, Oh, now I'm leading the job. Now I have other people that uh, I have to farm out shots to. Now people are looking to me and then, slaying the dragons and being the hero, you know, like, you know, the, the, the little water cooler shot that you showed, how this was something that no one uh, thought was possible. I, I love how you said that once you got that shot done, all of the sudden, like the, the stress level palpably dropped. Like there was, everybody just exhaled and they had faith in you. You had more faith in yourself. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's now after lunch and we're cranking through. Yeah. Yeah. It was awesome. It was just so, so, so great. Yeah, it's definitely no longer a um, moment of, are we going to be able to do it? It's like, okay, now we just need to crank it till we get, till we get done. And part of why I wanted to do the logic, uh, even though I felt out of my element compared to you know everyone else, and maybe I always feel that way. I wanted to like show other people like you got to start somewhere, and like I feel like I'm like the under tier breed, you know, like a new breed, like who didn't have the facility training, you know, but you could still get there as long as like you find the people that you contact contact and you just need to take the leap, you know, and what's nice about freelancing is if you take the leap and you fail, you could go somewhere else <laughs> and try again. <laughs> so this I would, is all I'd love to ask you like, how do you as a freelancer keep from getting pigeonholed? I know before, uh, you know, earlier rather, I was asked. I asked you, you know, like how do you how do you uh, introduce your clients to these other skills that you have? Mm -hmm. But you know, it's also very easy for for a flame artist to get into a rut, like to you know to hey, I'm really good at this, so I'm just going to do this. And over time, you you kind of fall behind on the new tools. You kind of fall behind on different techniques. You kind of fall behind. How as a freelancer do you stay up to date? Well, I, I stay true and I have a subscription to FX PhD because that's how I got into the business in the first place was learning all the different things like the background fundamentals that they have. And so I stay with that. I just watch that on uh, when I'm rotoing or when I'm doing a long test. I'll just throw up some stuff in, in the background or just listen to stuff. I also like to do my own project so I have my own creative control. And I also like to call it putting arrows in my quiver because then that way, like I've got all these new techniques or different techniques that I could try for doing different things. Um, like 
back when cinemagraphs were a thing, I learned really in depth how to not only do cinemagraphs, but also do the compression to make the, the GIFs or the GIFs, however the heck you say it, you know, look <laughs> good too. And, and so because so I do these different things and I do these projects that I have my own creative control, that allows me to not worry too much about having creative control as a finisher. You really don't have any creative control, but like not worry about having too much so I can be a tool for them to bring it their vision over the finish line because that's really what they're hiring us for. They're hiring us to bring their vision over the finish line. And once you learn that, you are either good with it or you need to find something else to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. You're 120% true. Um, and then, uh, what about outside of work? What do you do? What, I mean, do you have any hobbies? Do you have, um, any creative passions? Do you cook? Do you sew? Do you sculpt? Or do you need animal husbandry? So yeah, I do a lot of different things. I'm what they like to call, I, I call myself a jock nerd. So I do a lot of physical and a lot of nerdy activities and anywhere those two things combine, I'm all the more happier. Uh, but like I snowboard for a while, I was doing kite wakeboarding. That was a lot of fun. Um, oh God. I did rock climbing, but now uh, I'm Yes, I do... heard about that for three yeah. months. <laughs> yeah. Um, now I more do like uh, pickleball. I'll play tennis. Um, I'll run around, chase my kids a lot of times. Uh, I do. Uh, I like doing a lot of group games and then more in-depth games. There's this in-depth game called Imperial Salt, and you get four of your friends together, and you kind of run through a little mini. Uh, it's like D&D Lite. And uh, I, I used to play D&D. I don't anymore because I just don't have the time for it. But I like doing group games and things that you get, you know, together with people. And so I kind of, like, make sure that whatever my hobby is, it's as far away from a screen as possible. Save one. Uh, photography is still my hobby. Uh, I like it because it's a good hobby to have because it gets you out and about and it gets you moving around, but it's still using all the skills that I have attained throughout my entire life, you know, to create beautiful looking images. Cool. What about goals for 2022? More work. <laughs> work on work. So make my wife uh, not think 2021 was a fluke. But uh, no, <laughs> I, <laughs> I really want to like, I want to get particles down in Cinema 4D. I want to go from middle to top tier for uh, green screen, like full environment green screening. You know, like screens, like mobile screens and whatnot, you know, that what those are fine. You know, please, if, if you're shooting a screen and anybody goes over it, please make it green and not gray or black because... That just it's just too much work if it's gray or black. But um, but uh, that's my you know my business goals. I'm also trying to make sure that I have a good work life balance because I'm still learning how to do this whole work from home thing, and make sure that I'm not working too late and I get to see my kids you know through the weekends and uh, in the evenings and stuff like that and just kind of like make it happen because like. I'm going to try because like everyone's like, you got to give up your time. I'm like, do you, do you really have to, or is that just the way that it was? Cause can't we make it the way that we want it? 
So that's what I'm going to try. Love it. Well, uh, I want to thank you again for uh, everything you've done for the Logic community. Thank you for being so active on the forum. Thank you for being so active on Discord. It's always great to see you on Discord. Thanks for doing the Logic Live. And thank you for this. And it's really been great getting to know you. And uh, I can't wait to see you face-to-face some again uh, someday in the future. Yeah, whenever <laughs> you know? we get together. Yeah, I, I really, I'd be awesome. I'm actually really looking forward to those kind of meetups too. Thank you, Andy. I really appreciate being on here and uh, just just the opportunities you've given everyone in this time, unprecedented, unprecedented I, time, I, unprecedented <laughs> times. You've given us a home, and we all appreciate that greatly. Oh, thanks, man. All right, man. I'll see you soon. Bye. Everyone knows that Boris Effects makes the best plugins in the business: Mocha, Sapphire, Silhouette Paint, Continuum, and the new Optics. You can save 15% on all of Boris Effects plugins, either standalone or subscription, by using the code LOGIC-15 at checkout. That's capital L, lowercase o-g-i-k, dash one five at checkout. This episode of the Logic Podcast is brought to you by Cinesis.io. To find out more about their remote workflow solutions, check them out at Cinesis.io. See you next time.